Ski or die. 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 Hi guys, welcome back to the Ski or Die podcast with me, your host, Elizabeth Montavon, co-founder of the Ski or Die brand. Real quick, we got to go over the rules of the show. So as you know, Ski or Die is founded on old-fashioned values, which means you've got to pay your dues if you're going to hang out here. So all I ask is that if you listen to this episode and you learn anything, it inspires you, has any type of rise out of you, please share it with somebody that you think it could help. Um, we got to pay it forward and share good content when we can, right? So this episode is one that we sourced from our text community app, which if you're not on that, you need to get on there. Um, and we asked you guys, what did you want us to talk about on the podcast? And this one really stood out to me because I think I had a very... Um, it was a big part of my experience as in becoming a pro skier. So Brett asked, how do you train your hardest pass? In other words, if you're already taxed by the time you get to your hardest pass, how can I train it so that I can actually spend more reps at that rope length? I think that's a super important question that really we don't talk about often enough. Um, granted, if you're working with a coach, it's probably something they'll cover with you. But if you are a weekend warrior or you have to do a lot of skiing um, on your own with a ski partner and you don't have access to regular coaching, this can be a real um, roadblock in your growth in skiing. So if you are tired by the time you get to your hardest rope length, let's say that's 35, right? What do you do? I'm gonna introduce you guys to one of my favorite training tools. I use it a lot, a lot, a lot in the off season, but every once in a while in the summer, like when I'm skiing with my dad, he'll call me out and say, hey, we need to do a couple sets of this. And that is the beauty of doubles. So it's literally two passes at your starting rope length, two at the next, two at the next, two at the next, two at the next. I don't, you know, some people's legs, they get to ski six passes, some they get to ski as many as they want. I prefer eight passes of doubles. So for me, that's 228s, 232s, 235s, 238s. That builds so much endurance. And over time, when you then just run straight down the line, when you get to your hardest pass, you'll still feel super fresh. What's been your experience with doubles? I kind of turned you on to doubles this year in the off season. Yeah, you and Chet both, for sure. But you've also done six of your opening pass, or 32 off. Yeah, I'm also like a firm believer in running like six 32 offs. I, I kind of go back and forth now between starting at 28 and 32, honestly. just kind of depends. Um, and I think there's nothing wrong with that either. Just for pure endurance. Like run six beautiful, identical 32 offs. But keep working on your shit. Yeah. You know, with each pass. Yeah, absolutely. Make it perfect. And it'll help your consistency. Your starting rope lengths really, I think this is like some variation of a Will Asher quote, should be your best short line pass of the day that just happened to be at the wrong, longest rope length. It's a Maple thing too. Is it? Yeah. 
I, don't, I never know who to attribute that one to because I feel like I hear so many people say different versions of that now. Yeah. But um, when I heard that the first time, that like really clicked for me. I was like, just because 28 or 32 is my starting pass and there's you know, a lot of rope there for me, doesn't mean it, I should run it poorly. There's no excuse to run this pass like shit. If I can't run 32 well, I have no business thinking I'll ever run 38 and 39 well. Mm. So how to train for your hardest pass, I think doubles is definitely something you need to do. And you'll find out in doubles where you have weaknesses, like whether it's something you need to cross train in the gym or like a mobility issue, like a flexibility issue. Doubles really um, uncovers a lot about your strengths and weaknesses um, and you know, really how you're gonna take that to the next level. Yeah, it definitely will accentuate some key errors in your fitness. Mm-hmm. and everything like that i mean you look at back and the brooks brothers did the turn and burn situation and yeah you know who else did that jamie Bouchane. what did jamie Bouchane run like 16 38s turn and burn <laughs> <laughs> how do you compete with that you know who else did that i think i think i might be thinking of tricking i think llewellyn's used to like do a run spin do the same toe run spin do the same toe run i think mm-hmm I know the Llewellyns used to do a ton of drills like that. I don't remember if it was slalom and trick or what. It was probably a little bit of everything. Oh, yeah. It's I mean, freaking Llewellyns. Epic three eventers. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, if you're able to do that and you're able to do it under fatigue, mm-hmm. then you're going to show up to the tournament. I mean, no problem. There's rollers, there's wind, whatever. I mean, I've been able to do this under fatigue, mm-hmm. under the same conditions over and over again. Yeah, and you'll find out, like... Is it your grip strength that's actually what's getting taxed so much? Is it your legs? Is it your core? Is it your cardio? It'll help you figure that out so then you can dial that back in. And then after a couple weeks of doubles, when you run down the line, when you get to whatever your, let's say 35 off is your hard pass, right? You won't feel fatigued. Now, maybe the skill will be a little bit harder for you to work because there's more speed of the whip, there's less rope you're working with, but you'll get to focus on the skill exclusively as opposed to like, holy shit, I'm kind of tired. For sure. 100%. <laughs> um, and then I think another thing that's not really as like revolutionary as doubles, um, literally just ski more. So, you know, at Okihili, you're really only supposed to ski six passes in a set and then let somebody else take the lake. Um, there's some really phenomenal people at Okihili who, if they know I'm going to ski, they'll say, hey, take eight passes. I don't care. I'll wait. Um, and like shout out to those people cause I love you guys. Um, but I think eight pass sets are always going to be more productive for you in the long run if you have a strategy, but in terms of just pure endurance and cardio, eight pass sets, don't wait too long at the end of the lake. Um, and then, you know, like there's my 12 to 16 pass sets I do on my work mornings when I don't have time to rest between sets. I mean, I don't really struggle with endurance anymore, probably because of that. And Seth Sisher was actually the one who turned me on to that. Did I tell you that story ever? Was that Malibu, right? It was um, Nationals at Okihili hmm. a couple of years ago. We were standing on, under one of the tents. Um, I forget what boat tent we were under. But we were talking about what it's like balancing like a real job and trying to train as a pro skier. And um, as if you don't know, Seth is a really successful realtor in South Carolina. He even had a TV show for a while. Did um, he really? Yeah, on HGTV, like wow. helping people find really interesting waterfront homes. Um, so like 
legit through and through. And he was still skiing at a very high end and still does. And he said, yeah, he goes, it's hard to get used to, but just do a 12 pass set in the morning and then go to work. And I was like, Dude, just do that. I was like, this is fucking insane. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> 12 pass is a lot. I was like, what? So I told my dad, I'm like, dad, like Seth says, like we could do 12 pass sets. Because when I get to Okihili early, usually there's nobody there. So nobody's going to stop me from doing a 12 pass set. Or if there's one other person, they go to a different lake anyway. So my dad's like, I don't think you can do that. And I was like, to be honest with you, I don't think I can do that either. <laughs> well, let's see. So I did, um, we kind of worked into it. I did six passes, sat on that platform and drank some water just because like I was thirsty, you know, just like kind of normal. And then just hopped right back in. And I think he didn't let it all the way back out to 28. I think he went just to 32 and then we ran down the line again. And so that, that was also another way that I got to spend more time at my shorter rope lengths was that if you want to call it second set where we didn't, it really wasn't a second set. Um, we didn't start at 28. We started shorter, and so I was able to spend more time at 38 and 39. That was really good, thing. too. So to wrap it back to Brett's original question, he was concerned because he's not able to get enough reps at that harder length. Yeah. I think, I think doubles will build your endurance and grow your skills at your longer rope lengths or slower speeds, whatever that is for you. And then when you take that to your hardest pass, you will have the endurance to do more reps and you'll have a lot of practice and muscle memory at the good skills that will translate. I also think longer sets um, are more productive while they feel, it feels like counterintuitive in the beginning because you're just like, oh my God, like I'm already tired. You want me to ski more? Over time, I went from two six pass sets with a rest between being like exhausting to me that now I can run 12 to 16 passes and I'm still relatively fresh by the end. I can still work on skills at 38 and 39 and 41 at the end of that. It's like anything else. I mean, you learn to run a 5k when you first run that 5k, it hurts. <laughs> it hurts bad. That's true. But you keep doing it and you, and you get better and you get so much more stamina and you're able to you know, be better. I was talking to a friend of mine at the gym and I was, he was asking me about water skiing. He's like, so how long do you stay in the water, you know, on any given day or any given uh, sets? And I was like, well, one set's usually eight passes. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, how long is it pass? I'm like, 16 seconds. <laughs> and he's like, so wait, you're only out there for 16 seconds, eight times, and then you go in? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you guys aren't out there very long. And I'm like, you know, you're right. We actually aren't out there very long. Longest 16 seconds of your goddamn life, though. <laughs> <laughs> True. But it's funny to hear it from that perspective. Because mm -hmm. when you think about it, I mean, we should be able to stay out there longer. No, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people who believe in like the 10,000 hour rule in sports, right? And it's, it would almost be impossible to accumulate 10,000 hours like by a young age in skiing because you just can't ski that long. Even if you're like ridiculously fit and you're a three eventer and you do five sets a day compared to how long other sports train. I mean, if you're a tennis player, you're just going to hit thousands of balls every day. Thousands. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was reading something about, I think it was like Serena and Venus Williams. I think I was reading about them, how many balls their dad used to make them hit every day and how, how many years they did that for. And I'm like, well, no wonder you guys are so good at tennis. Like, how could you not be good? If we could ski that much, like, how could we not be good? We'd never miss anything. But I think skiing is shifting towards being able to do that. It's because we're skiing smarter. Mm -hmm. 
risking you know, the whole alignment conversation and mm-hmm. you're saving backs that way. I mean, when I ski well and I'm aligned properly and I'm not compressed, I feel totally fine after, mm-hmm. you know, doing some short line skiing. Yeah, for sure. I think the conversation is if you need to get more reps in at your shorter, shorter line length, faster speed, whatever that is for you, whatever your hard pass is, you need, truly, you need to ski more, but you need to ski more with a strategy. Mm-hmm. There has to be a plan in place. It's not just beat yourself up. Like, my favorite and simultaneously least favorite collegiate ski coaching of all time is same thing but better. <laughs> <laughs> but at least it's better. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing about skiing. Sometimes you see these guys go out and you're like, They're, do they even want to get better? That's true. It drives oh, yeah, me like nuts. That's like a whole other episode, I feel like. I think is that is. People who they go out to ski and they look like somebody's holding a gun to their head. Like they don't actually want to ski. <laughs> yeah. And then like getting better, that's not even, we don't want to talk about that. We do not, no, we're not talking about that. And I'm like, what are we doing? Skiing is expensive. <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is time consuming, expensive. And are you sure you want to be here right now? Like doing the same thing day in and the day out. Who's holding hostage? I'm so sorry. Uh, that's a whole other episode we're going to have to do. It but, really is. Yeah, I mean, it's it literally comes down to train more. And that doesn't always mean take a whole another set or ski a whole other day in the week because some people that's not available to them. It's about tack on two extra passes at the end of your set at a line length you can run. If you finish your set at six passes, you've tried your hardest rope length, you didn't run it, put the line back out, one or two more rope lengths, and run it. If you want to get gains, you got to add volume. You do. I mean, that's Chet 101 is like, he'll pull you at 39 and then he'll put it back to 32 off and be like, I bet you can't run it. I'd be like, it's harder than you think. It is harder than you think. Yeah. I remember the first time you did that, I was like, what do I not know about 32 off? <laughs> I think the harder one is like 41 to 38. Yeah. 38 suddenly feels so long. I know. But then you just like trying to rip it like 41. You yeah. can't do it. That's a good one, too. I mean, if you need more volume, but you don't want to just do like a, a gate, a one and a two at your hardest rope length. Okay, cool. Last two passes, you're going to let the rope back out some and run it technically very well. Because mm-hmm. the problem with ending the set on your shortest rope length attempts is you also begin to rock your rhythm a little bit. For sure. You know, y- your first three passes should be about establishing good rhythm that you're then going to carry into your hardest pass and then if you do a bunch of attempts at your hardest paths your rhythm can kind of begin to disintegrate a little bit so when you let that rope back out it's really like a show of oh my god i really just abandoned my rhythm you know at my shortest rope length i think that's another reason i like it is it can be very telling of a lot about your skiing you know, if you struggle, it, let's say 38 is your hardest pass. So you take a few shots at 38 and then you put the rope back to 35 for your you know, last pass into the dock and you feel like you're all over the place. That's very telling of how committed or not committed you are to your rhythm. <laughs> did I leave you speechless? You left me speechless on that one. <laughs> I was like a little worried. I was like, does that make sense? thought you were like at me right there you're like (laughs) are you committed if the shoe fits baby (laughs) (laughs) so brett i hope that answered your question about how to train for your hardest pass there's a lot of different approaches to it i think that increasing volume where you can um but with a plan 
is generally um, what is most productive. And I can say that from experience. Lots of different ways of adding volume, um, but not just for the hell of it, right? There was something very specific I was trying to accomplish with that volume. It's like the idea of um, lighter weight, higher reps in the gym. I mean, that can be highly productive for anybody, literally everybody. So Brett, I hope that answers your question. And we will be doing um, more requests through our text community um, to get more topics for the podcast. You guys have been so generous and specific with your questions, which we love. I, I love knowing what's on your guys' mind regarding skiing, cross-training mindset, you know, literally everything, because skiing is not isolated as much as we try to think that it's just a part of our lives. I mean, it permeates through everything. So if you're not in the text community, all you have to do is text hello, or literally anything, to 561-468-3603. That'll get you added to our community. It really is me texting back on the other end, and we will collect more topics from you guys in the near future, uh, because I love doing this. So thank you so much. All right, thanks, Elizabeth. All right, guys, episode's over. Please leave a review and subscribe up on Apple. It would mean so much to me. And if you want to be the first to know about all things Ski or Die, shoot me a text at 561-468-3603, and we'll get you added to the community.